Hi, and welcome to the Happiness of Pursuit podcast, the audio experience where we welcome founders, business leaders, and forward thinkers that follow their inevitable and undeniable path to business growth and personal growth. This is their story of how they continuously develop themselves, inspire others, and find joy in the pursuit. Welcome listeners to a new episode. Today's guest is Daan Bakker. From early on in his career, Daan was leading organizations to growth in the Tel Aviv and Amsterdam startup ecosystems with positions like head of marketing at 365 Scores and at 433. He was part of the rising glory of digital and global soccer communities. And he continued in the world of sports and joined Virtua Gym, where he was VP of growth. And now Dan's preparing for his new role at My Tomorrows, which is a leading scale-up in the health tech industry. Today's theme of the podcast, and you might have guessed it, is growth. But there's a realm of understated and neglected growth overseen by most people, and that is personal growth. Today, we explore how growth in any domain follows personal growth as the leading influence. Welcome, Dan. Thank you for the nice introduction, Yuma. No problem. You deserve it, I think. Thank you for being here. I think a good question to kick off today's episode, and uh, it might be a big question, but I'm curious anyway. What is your philosophy on personal growth? Yeah, I think I would like to summarize it in one word, and that's actually focus. And it is about what is the dot on the horizon? Where do you want to be in five years, not now? And if you have that goal in mind... Then I think especially now uh, when you're starting your job, you need to be patient. And I think patience is something uh, yeah, that's sometimes lacking with a lot of people. So focus and patience. So it's two words, not one. <laughs> and, and how good are you to uh, keep the patience for yourself? Ah, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, I, I, I just... Uh, I just had my la- last day at Virtual Gym uh, last week, and uh, I'm I'm starting at my tomorrow's uh, in another week. So, yeah, how patient am I myself? Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I always th- say my worst quality is being impatient. But if I go back to in the beginning of my career, I worked at uh, 365 Scores in Tel Aviv, and there I was uh, employee number eight and the first foreigner in an Israeli startup. And yeah, I was just uh, there was not even a vacancy. I had a meeting with one of the founders and I said, I know everything about football, all the rest I can learn. And then uh, he said, yeah, Dan, join the club, but there's only one problem. We don't have any money. And I went to law school and everything. He said, we could only pay you six euro an hour. And I'm like, ah, shit. But uh, it was just before the World Cup and Holland was still a good team uh, back then. Uh, You remember Robben, Schneider, uh, Van der Vaart, all these guys. And uh, he was like, yeah, that's what we can offer you and you can take it or not. But I was so passionate about soccer and, uh, and my, my job before was more like in uh, yeah, affiliation marketing and I really didn't like it. So I was like, you know what? I just jump on it and I learned myself a, a lot of different stuff like uh, how to translate an app to, uh, yeah, from English to Dutch and to German. Uh, I'm from Limburg, so that's a bit uh, German-alike. But my German is not perfect, but I just said I'm up for the challenge and I did it. 
But then I also started to run like Facebook ads, think about product features that work. And that time there were no product owners. Like I was, the title was also marketing. They just invented something. And then I was patient because after one and a half year, I was like, okay, I think, uh, I think I know everything. So then I said, listen, guys, I want to move up uh, in or out. Like I want to move up or not. And then they said, done, uh, but we already have a head of marketing. So yeah, we think you do a good job, but there is no other position now. And I was like, I, I, I biked home after that and I was like, ah, damn. But then when I got home and I spoke uh, with my partner at that moment and, and the next day I came to the job one hour early. And you know what happened? Two months later, the head of marketing resigned. And then there wasn't even a question if they would open a vacancy. I was already, appo- already appointed as head of marketing because informally I was already taking that lead, but I didn't have the title. So uh, I think that was my moment that I showed the most patience in my career, let's say like that. Was that uh, some kind of epiphany for you that you realized how much it, it can also reward to be patient and to also make a sacrifice, of course, because you say at the beginning you were earning six euros per hour, which is not a lot, of course. Yeah, it, I think one step back, the job before I made more money, much more, but I didn't like it. And I was like, if I can work in football, it's not work. So if you're passionate about something and interested, it doesn't feel like work. Like, to be honest, I went, I worked the whole week. And in the weekend, I went to the office to watch the football games and also report to that. That was then hobby. So yeah, yeah, if you're really passionate, people will acknowledge it. And if you put in the work and also keep, improving yourself come up with suggestions and yeah maybe it's really cool about uh the biggest accomplishment i had in uh, in this was you know in you have football apps and uh, of sports whatever football was the focus but it was also other sports and the focus in these games and life score is when they're games so i was thinking all the time we have an app and when the games are playing it's everybody using it millions of users like the 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 server crashed because we had too many people on it. But during the day, there was nothing going on, right? But I was like, yeah, what can we do that the user will use the app all the time? And I was like, yeah, let's let's start with sending notifications about news, about injuries, about transfer rumors, about the lineup. And we started doing that. Like I pitched that actually to the to the CEO, and he's like, yeah, done with your idea. Just uh, yeah, do it. Huh? Sit with the developers to make a content management system, a CMS system that you are able to send notifications because it was not even possible. So we made that. I made that system with the developers and then with the marketing team in six languages. It was around like uh, 10 guys at that moment. Uh, and later we grew to like 15. Uh, yeah, we also had to keep track of the football news 24-7 every day. So... To make it a success in the beginning, I had three phones and being I was subscribed to 10 football apps and checked all the websites to yeah to work on this basically. So and now I always hear automation, automation for sure at one point, but first you need to prove the success. So uh, when I yeah, so that became a huge success. So an app that was only active in the evenings and in the weekend, because that's when, when the games are being played, it was 24-7 and became a new service. And then 
yeah, on, on the hacky side, and it was like using RSS feeds from like news channels like the BBC, CNN, and the, the Netherlands, the Telegraph. Uh, yeah, and, and so it became an app that was only active in games to 24-7 a news medium. So, uh, yeah. And, and then during that uh, business growth, uh, because the app and its community grew significantly, what kind of stages did you go through yourself, more from a psychological and personal perspective, uh, when you were growing and what did you have to learn to overcome every next stage of growth? Yeah. So maybe, maybe go back to the start of my career. Like I had this job in, uh, in affiliate marketing. I did that, I think for six or seven months, but it was like, I was like a full cycle salesperson. I had to find uh, uh, companies that would buy campaigns for ads on the websites that we had. And uh, yeah. It was very, in the beginning, it was actually interesting the first two, three months because, you know, I never did sales and it was online. So it was kind of cool. But yeah, I, 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 I closed the deal, but I would make bonus when the deal would be renewed. But the, the product we offered, there was never a second deal because it was really bad. And then I got a bit like frustrated. And then at a certain point, the owner wanted to change my contract to be more on bonus based. I didn't agree. And in Israel, it's not like the Netherlands. Then the guy said, yeah, Dan, then you go home when it's finished. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I did. But I didn't enjoy it. And my passion was not in it, you know. Like, uh, then I, I, I found something. I thought by myself, what do I want to do? Uh, I went to law school. Uh, but, yeah, if you're living in Israel and you have went to law school, they really don't care about it. I was thinking, what are my, what am I good at? Like what is different with me than all the other people now in israel nobody speaks dutch so i would tell people i will start the dutch market and i my english was also pretty fine so i said i can work in dutch english and my german is still okay-ish better than all the people in israel <laughs> so i also said if you have a german market i will also take care of it so then actually in the first job i did a lot of calls in german and that kind of stuff so that was already like i'm not thinking about what i actually thought what do what do I have that I can offer the other one that they need and not think, what do I want to do? You know, I, I was like, it was my first uh, jobs. So I was like, what do I, what can I offer that other people cannot? Yeah, and then I came like, yeah, languages and then a passion for football. So in that passion for football, it became a, a selling point. So I... A friend of a friend did an internship at this app and I just asked like, hey, can you set up a meeting with your manager? And I went in that meeting. Before that meeting, I made a plan. And then I said, listen, I will learn everything, whatever you need me to do, Facebook ads, Google ads, communities. But I have one thing that nobody else has. I know everything about football in Europe. Like in the Netherlands, I'm an expert. I will build a Dutch market for you. And they're like, yeah, they took a bet on me, actually, because, yeah, who is this guy, you know, from, from the Holland that lives here in Tel Aviv, says he knows everything about football, went to law school. They thought, yeah, let's, let's give him a peanut and he will, maybe he takes it. So I got a chance and I, yeah, I went full into it and I learned like how to communicate with developers, uh, how to work with data, how to run Facebook ads, like all this kind of stuff. I just, I got... Yeah, I didn't really got empowered, to be honest, because in Israel, it's a very different mentality than in Holland. But I was like, yeah, I'm just going to take this chance and make 
everything out of it. And it also meant working uh, sometimes from 9 till 11 at night to to push it through. I'm going to tell you what I did, actually, that, that, that two, three weeks. It was before the Olympics. So we wanted to have all the athletes from the that are participating in the Olympic Games. So what that, what did that mean? That we add them all in an Excel sheet and copy and paste it from different websites. But I was like, of course, and we, we tried some automation and that kind of stuff. I'm talking almost 10 years ago. Like, yeah, this is the job. It needs to be done, you know? That's it. Sometimes it's just not always overthink. It just do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to also build upon your um, steps iteratively and and learn from them su- subsequently. Yeah. Um, and where does that drive come from? Because not everyone would say, "I will just you know grab something um, that I think is interesting to do for this company and, and serves as a contribution." Um, but where does your drive come from? to just do something like that. Hmm, that's, a, that's a very good... If you're in that startup environment, you know, you need to make something from nothing, right? That, that, that's in the end when you start a company, right? So yeah. how would I say? Like, especially when people just are finished from school, I, I'm always so surprised that they, they come up with a lot of strategies and difficult words and... Sometimes I get a bit annoyed about that, actually, because I'm a lot of times I just think, just, just go and do something. Like, of course, I'm interested to hear where you want to go, but if you approach it like, what can I bring, then you have a different conversation, right? And like, to be honest, I didn't know where I wanted to go. And, and, and my parents just told me like, for the first time, I think two years ago, Dan, it looks like you have a real job now with this football apps and all this weird stuff you're doing you we expected you to be a lawyer but uh then they said you actually have a real job we didn't not, we didn't think about it but it's more uh, take out that noise that other people are telling you you know your parents or your friends my friends always laughed at me when i said i work oh you work with your football app and you write news notifications yeah that's how they saw it but i was actually working in a tech company doing a lot of cool stuff with something I'm passionate about, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that's a very important one because I, I hear this around me all the time is, you know, people being worried about what their mother thinks of them, you know, what their friends think of them, what their external environment thinks of them, even the world sometimes because of social media and it's so widespread these days. So what has helped you in, you know, turning your mindset and saying, I'm just going to do this right now and focusing on focusing on this which you mentioned earlier and not you know getting distracted by all the noise around me yeah that's that's a very good one so i did also an internship at a pension fund in the netherlands like uh, i studied uh, business law stream compliance totally something different man i was so unhappy i was in this room the whole day filling in papers and i didn't see the outcome and if you work in like a startup you you, for example, you have the idea to send, I don't know, push notifications. So if I would send a push notification to uh, people who follow Barcelona or Real Madrid in Arab, the server would crash because there were too many people, millions. So yeah, I got super excited about that. But if I share this with other people at that moment, they're mm-hmm. like, Dan, you studied so much. Like now you're talking about this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but 
I love this. Like, uh, so it is, it is about being focused, like learning. And I also didn't have like a path. And I see now more and more young people that have a goal where they want to be. Right. So yeah, I didn't think about yeah what other people thought. And, and also that had also to do with living in Israel, to be honest, because there is like, and I don't know if a lot of people know it, but Tel Aviv is really a startup hub. You have Silicon Valley and, and Tel Aviv is, I think, the second in the world. So most people there with top education, they don't work in the banks or the traditional sectors. No, they want something to start something by themselves. And they're also like in Israel, everybody needs to go to the army. While, for example, in the Netherlands, everybody chooses what he does, right? And uh, I tell you, for me, that was the hardest. When I was 14, I had to choose the stream in secondary school. Then I finished that and I had to decide to which university do I go. Actually, it maybe sounds really bad. I chose the same study my dad did because I had no clue. Don't listen too much to, to other people. Think, think what you're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear you say a couple of things. I think it's uh, interesting to see if we can like form some kind of a framework from your perspective. Cool. So I'm hearing um, that you, you need to focus, obviously. And, and for that to focus, you need to be patient because you can't expect, you know, big things happening when you didn't invest a lot of time in it yet. And that there are a lot of people who are dreaming very big and have high expectations when it comes down to, for an example, being an entrepreneur. Um, but eventually it comes down to making very small baby steps that add up to eventually wherever you want to be. What I'm wondering is, what is your time horizon? Because what I see a lot of people do is they think, okay, next year I'm going to be this uh, person and I'm going to be big and I'm going to be successful, you know? But I see in successful entrepreneurs and business leaders that their time horizons are way, way longer than just one year. So I'm wondering what's yours? Yeah, that's a very good one. So uh, when you start working in the first years, it's uh, Gary Vee always says it like 20s are for learning, 30s maybe for earning. Like even if it's within a company and I had a very, a very good discussion that someone pointed this out to me. I was super excited. I was on the podcast of uh, Ethan Carr and Sean Alice uh, from uh, Sean Alice is the writer of the book uh, Hacking Growth, the rat book. Everybody knows it. So Ethan asked me to be to be part of that, to be a guest on the podcast. They challenged me, like in, in bigger companies, and it comes from Google, it's uh, called uh, o, the OKR system, Objective and Key Results. And I felt at Virtual Gym, we all, there was also room for improvement. But then I actually said, yeah, you know, this learning I will take to my next job. And then, then they challenged me, Don, what? What is this kind of, what is this answer? Why don't you fix it now? I slept over it and the next day I thought, damn, these guys are right. So I, I asked them, hey, can you send me the article? It was not published yet. I read it and I was like, if I influence the right people within the company, I can make sure we have, and it went from OKR to the North Star metric because we have OKRs in place, but I think we missed something like a North Star metric. In two weeks, we had a North Star metric for the company. Mm -hmm. like, and that's being like, not thinking in boundaries. And mm -hmm. at that moment, when I spoke with the guy about it, 
if he wouldn't have challenged me, I would have mm. let it be. But this is like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, act like one, right? I think that's something that, that people can learn on, especially in the Netherlands, that if you have a success, you need to share it, right? Mm. And I always have the assumption, like if you are frustrated in your job or you don't know where it's going, that's something a lot of times that's like internal, right? If you don't share it with other people, they don't know, right? They don't know what are your ambitions. They don't know where you want to go. Yeah. And then where do I want to be in five years? Uh, yeah, I, I, I now want to, I hope to be in, my, in the job that I'm starting next week for four or five years. And then, uh, yeah, my dream is always also to be like, uh, <laughs> to, to be an entrepreneur like you. <laughs> and and the, the title of this podcast is The Happiness of Pursuit. So I love this uh, sentence because I think most people, 95% of the people are busy with the pursuit of happiness and looking, you know, for some point in the future where they will definitely be happy. What I truly believe in is that you can really be happy at a day-to-day basis and a minute-to-minute basis every second, way more happy when you are enjoying the actual process, the, the pursuit itself and the game itself. What's your stance on this? Yeah, like uh, actually uh, I, I informed people that last week I, I am, I'm, fin- I'm moving to a new job from, uh, from Virtual Gym. And the reaction I got from all the people was like, Dan, you're so enthusiastic about the company. You're enjoying it so much. Like, how come you're leaving? I didn't expect it. Like, I, I heard this from colleagues, from uh, partners. Uh, I work a lot with, like, companies like OneFit, ClassPass, but also a lot with uh, all different stakeholders in the fitness industry, like experts. They were Everybody was surprised. And uh, I, I went full gas to finish the job in the best way possible. For your idea, Friday was my last day. I did a all company meeting from from 4:30 till 5:30 on that Friday. Yeah, you, mm. you need to go out with a blast, you know. Mm. And, and and it's fun. Uh, I'm also the captain of the football team, so there was a fun element in it. But also share what you did and still empower other people. Uh, and in my last week, I sent out an email the week before, and I said, everybody, feel free to plan a meeting with me to catch up. And it was super cool that. Some people that are SDRs that have just joined the company had a, a meeting with two SDRs, had a co- meeting with a designer, with product owners, with some marketeers, with some sales guys. So I felt that I was like connected within the company on all different positions. So uh, a lot of people were surprised that I had that, that I'm moving on to, to my next job. But I think when you're in the job, you need to enjoy it to the fullest, to yeah, to be, to be successful, you know, it shouldn't feel like, like, yeah, that's a bit standard. It shouldn't feel like work, work is work anyway. But you, I think when you're passionate about it, you can get much more out of it. Yeah, but it's better to look something that matches with you. And then you go, you go all in. And I, I when people tell me this, uh, sometimes I talk to people and, and it happened in different jobs. They said, I don't get enough paid to do this. And when people tell me that, I get upset, man. If someone in my teams tell me that, then, and I'm their manager, I'm going to have a hard time to, to, 
keep investing in this person because what do you mean i give you the example right i was in this company for six euro an hour like mm-hmm. so if i get paid six euro does that mean that i should do less than that i get paid uh, 50 euro an hour in my opinion not right you just want to make the best out of it but but yeah. you ask like how am i going for the next step huh? not next to being happy on the job like when i was at 365 scores like after two and a half years i was like okay i i i can't see a lot of room for me to grow anymore you feel it uh at least that's what i thought then i just sent an email to the owner of 433 because the bar was pretty high it needed to be interesting and maybe yeah more room for growth uh to make money to make more money in other jobs when i lived in tel aviv was was possible you know but i had to do stuff that are not that interesting for me so then i know that i wouldn't enjoy it as much so i'm not gonna do it and then i never heard about 43 before but i i'm like at 365 scores i also follow all the media channels and then i figured out 43 is in holland in amsterdam uh, and yeah, I, I I went on LinkedIn. I looked who are the founders, who are the owners. I found the email address and I sent to the Gmail of the guy, not of the company. Even. I sent him on his Gmail. Hey, I'm Dan. This is what I daily do. And this is what I see that you guys are not doing yet. Maybe we could talk. Within 24 hours, the guy replied. And he's not the CEO of 43 only. He's the, the CEO of... Of, of the owner of Baller 43 But he get that email and he's like, hey, you're reaching me out on exactly this, the right moment. There are no vacancies, but we're thinking about scaling up 43. I'm like, yeah, I'm up for it, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, then I moved be, because of the job. I didn't need it to return. I didn't, I didn't have a real ambition to go back to the Netherlands, but then I was like, okay, to move up, to keep growing, I need to move back. To, uh, to the Netherlands and to take this job. It's taking that uh, the ownership, I think that's a, maybe a key word, the ownership, you create your ownership, create ownership. If you want to have grow in your next job, you need to apply for jobs, right? So if you take it seriously, you need to apply for more than one job a day if you want to move or you do the research and find something that's actually matching with you. And there are maybe no vacancies, you know, but if you talk to the right person on the right time, you get an opportunity, right? And looking at your story of personal growth and personal development throughout the years, uh, what have been blockers to your growth and how did you overcome them? Yeah. Okay. Maybe this is an interesting one. So I always worked in like apps or software, but I don't have a computer science background or I don't think they still exist. Like like I have an education for being a product manager or product owner. So uh, you could say if you work in these things, maybe you have the lack of a master in communication or marketing or computer science or whatever. But by doing it, you also learn it, right? And I have a bachelor in management, economics, and law. It's a, it's a broad uh, thing. So, yeah, I had to just listen and educate myself, you know. When I started at 43, I was not an expert on Instagram. The company is actually about Instagram. So what do you do? 
you read and learn everything about the Instagram algorithm. Uh, every week you would check this website like, hey, did the, how did the algorithm change? How need to we, do we need to adapt to it to the, with the type of content we post, the amount? Um, so just have this learning open, you know, and be committed to it. Because a lot of people try stuff, but then don't continue, right? It's good enough for this moment, but it's not good enough for the future. So what you have been successful with in the past doesn't say anything for the future. So you need to keep improving. And I, especially the first couple of years, I didn't really have a plan where to go. And then uh, when I started to talk to Virtual Gym, uh, when they hired me, they said, we will call you head of growth. I never heard about growth, actually. And this is just, uh, I don't know... Uh, 26 months ago or something so i was like okay this head of growth what is this growth hacking i did always stuff but i didn't really put a label on it so for me i connected my experience i was also product owner at uh, at jobbert i connected my experience as like a head of marketing and a product owner into growth so i i wrote my own books and it's also challenge yourself to yeah like i cut really down on my uh, consumption of news and even football news actually or tv like i never watch tv like i use that time also to read books always keep learning reading new books new blogs follow interesting people uh, especially these days on linkedin it's crazy you could connect to all the writers of the best books and and yeah. comment on their posts and they comment on you like you can really but not a lot of people actually do it i think yeah mm-hmm. So I, I, th- I think LinkedIn, I personally see LinkedIn as one of the most undervalued platforms uh, that there is out now, um, not only from a marketing and reach growth perspective, but also from a learning perspective, because everything, all content that is put out on there is, is you know, thought through more than on the other uh, social media channels. That's yeah, like, how I feel about it. I'm, I, I now have like a couple of days off, but I'm more on the LinkedIn feed. Then on the Facebook or Instagram feed, it, that's a mindset, right? Do you yeah. only want to consume videos about uh, cats, or do you want to read about and follow the people in where you want to be and consume their content, right? Uh, yeah, I think that that's key. And for example, for in my role, I, I have a couple of guys that I that I follow and engage so much with that if I open my LinkedIn. The first post is always of the same guy. <laughs> it's always Dave Gerrard. He's he was one of the uh, founding people at uh, HubSpot and Drift, and now he's at Privy. And he also has like a mastermind or something. Like I paid like two hundred euro to be in his uh, in his Facebook group. Do you think this is? If I explain this to people, it's called DGMG. If I explain this to people, they they think. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> they, they think I'm crazy, but uh, ah, even more practical, on, on Valentine's Day, uh, he had an offer, this Dave Jarrod guy. He had an offer to, I don't know, for 20 bucks, you'll be part of his Zoom meeting upcoming Wednesday, and you get a template about how to write the best email and uh, his 10 laws of copywriting. So... Uh, I didn't hesitate a moment when I got to, I just paid it 20 euros. Uh, there is so much to be honest. If somebody finished a bachelor degree or something and asked and ask me now, who's now 
I don't know, 22. Don, which master should I do? I say, don't do a master, man. Just, uh, just, just follow the right people and, and, and learn from them and connect with them. And especially in my time at 423, like the, I worked a lot with the owner and his way of thinking, he like sent me every day a new episode of Gary V. Don, listen to this, listen to this. You get inspired and then you think, wow, I can learn so much by myself by listening to podcasts. And uh, yeah, if you see my Spotify, I listen, I'll, I also listen to music, but I listen also a lot of time to podcasts, you know, when you're on the bike or something to keep learning and get the angle of the CMO of this company or the CPO of that company or the CEO of that company. So yeah, like it's in your mindset, but on the other hand, it's also, ah, I'm now 34 and I'm working for almost 10 years. Then I see what you need to do to do this. But if you're 22 and you finish your bachelor degree, it's easy for me to say now, don't do the master and learn it yourself. Because if I look at myself at that age, I also had no clue which direction I wanted to go. So then also a master can really help you to go into that, you know? So yeah. But, but I agree, usually, or generally now, it, it seems like to be the safe option. Like, there's a perceived risk of not doing it. But there's so much risk of not doing what you love, that risk is way bigger. So you better find out and invest and reflect continuously on what you actually would like to do, instead of, you know, picking from the subjects that have been chosen for you. I, I really agree with that, but... There was one challenge, and if I look to myself, just this coin just dropped when I was around like maybe even 32, like just two, three years ago that actually I'm on a path, uh, yeah, that I actually have a career, you know, I just was, I didn't really think I need to have a career. I was just always, yeah, doing and inventing stuff and come up with initiatives and, and execute them, huh? because a lot of people have ideas, but uh, yeah to execute it and i think at virtual gym this was one of the really cool things that uh, it's a software solution for gyms and studios so the clients have have a gym a physical gym most of them i think 99 percent. so then within a couple of days i think within less than a week we hosted a webinar to discuss corona and gyms hosted by virtual gym someone had to do it. so i was like okay i will do it and then i asked uh, a sales guy and someone in the customer success team uh, to join me. So we have a crew. <laughs> and I, I asked, for example, the most senior salesperson for the Dutch market. And he was like, nah, Dan. So I, I see he is like, I want to hit my target. Okay, that's fine. I respect that. So I just look for the sales guy who was eager to do it. And this guy is still doing it one year in it. His target is not adjusted or anything. He says, Dan, I love to do this. I want to learn this because my dream is to be a radio host. Yeah, mm -hmm. like if I work with these type of people, I get so much energy, you know? Like, yeah, that's uh, awesome. like, like that, that's what you're looking for, right? And, and maybe he will become a radio host, but now he has actually the opportunity to go live, webinars, interview people like the CEO of Trainmore, the founder of OneFit, uh, like all these like very successful other entrepreneurs, like, yeah, it's, it's super cool, right? You learn a lot from it. I actually learned a lot from it. So I also understand why you're doing a podcast uh, to speak to interesting people and it, it triggers you, right? Definitely. 
Yeah, to hear the different perspectives. And I'm wondering, um, what have been defining moments in you were telling you were doing your career for over 10 years now? Looking back to those 10 years, what have been defining moments where you thought, okay, I've been doing something for way too long that I should change right now? That's a, oh, that's a good one, huh? It's always it's always difficult when people ask you the this question. What I learned the last actually going from startup to scale up. In startup, you don't need to do politics or align with people or negotiate so much. You know, you're with a bunch of people. Let's go for it, guys and girls. Like, let's just do it. But now at a scale up, that's a bigger company. You need more. Uh, and that's what I actually learned. I think in the first year I was not so good at at it, but and also by some coaching from uh, from other people, from manager to other stakeholders. Dan, if you approach it a bit, if you approach people in a different way, maybe a bit uh, more understanding, more patience, you'll be more successful. And uh, that's actually what I did because in the startup world, you just need to. Quick, 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 quick wins, quick solutions. But when you're in a bigger company, you need to have a more patient and uh, maybe make a presentation, get everybody on board of the different departments, create alignment. And sometimes I wanted to go too too fast, but I actually I actually adjusted it. And now when I when I told people I was leaving, they said, Don, in the beginning, everybody hated you. <laughs> because you just screamed something, let's do this. And uh, and then they said, but we saw that you adjusted. And I think in uh, the last year, maybe even a bit longer, that you had a more, yeah, a more human approach, a more pa- approach that is more patient. I think one of the keys is also, if you go back to that mindset, you probably know you have the, there was a really cool paper from Carol Dweck about uh, growth mindset. And when I read that article, I think it's a couple of years ago, I was like, you don't have to think in limitations, right? Like what I gave the example with the North Star metric. Th- that has to do with having a growth mindset. Like, yeah, you see a problem. Huh? And if you work in a job, a lot of people point out problems of stuff that are, they are annoyed with, right? But then mm-hmm. you can ask the question, what do you do about it? And most people don't want to do anything about it. And if they then give the answer, I don't get paid to solve these problems. Yeah, maybe that are not the right people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and that that's what I really find difficult myself is when people say things are impossible. Um, the more I see things are possible when I do them myself, the the worse I get at coping with people who are saying things are impossible. You clearly also have that growth mindset and the growth perspective. Um, what would you say to people who are thinking in terms of impossibility or only looking at the negative things or only the obstacles and have difficulty to get over that? Okay. I, I, I really have a, I had a webinar, I think a couple of weeks ago with the founder of Fit20. Fit20 is a chain, get fit in 20 minutes. Uh, he is from the Netherlands and he started in, in a village on the Bible Belt in the Netherlands. Very conservative, right? So if you are successful with a new ideas, idea for, I think it was in Zutphen or something, with a new idea in a conservative 
uh, area, it can be successful everywhere. And he told me, Dan, I had, you know what was my biggest challenge? And he founded this Fit20 gym when he was 40 plus already. Yeah? So then he, he founded a company. And he told me, Dan, you know what my biggest challenge was? And that was defining the B-hack, the big, hairy, audacious goal. And it took him a couple of years to think and become like that. And he said, my first uh, B-hack was, was to have a uh, thousand clients. And then it was, yeah, he re- and that he wanted to reach that in three years. He reached that in one year. Then he adjusted his B-hack to have 100 studios. And now it is, I think, on a thousand. His B-hack is now on a thousand studios. And he has now, I don't know, less than 200. But he told me, Dan, that this was the biggest challenge, to think big. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the, the founder of 365 scores, they always thought big. And especially Ralf de Geus from 433, who's like the owner of Ball of 433 and one half, he was only thinking big and i also see with uh, at virtual gym uh with hugo and paul brown they also think big if i if i need to present for example a roadmap to them or an idea to these type of people they're not so interested in the problem that you solve tomorrow they're interested in what are we doing in two three four five years so then if you then work with ceos and founders and scale-ups and startups, if you start the presentation, and it's not a presentation, it's a, actually it's a story. You need to tell a story. If you start with telling the story, listen, if we want to go to the end goal, I'm just, uh, I don't know, maybe it's good to give an example of an end goal. <laughs> we want to be the biggest uh, software supplier for gyms in the world. Huh? we call it, uh, it's really funny, at, at Virtual Gym, we call it hashtag Vodo, world domination. So that comes back in it. So we want to be the, the number one software supplier for gyms in the world. Okay, if you want to get there, then first we need to win in these markets. To win in these markets, we need to have product market fit. And we're lacking in product market fit this feature. So let me. So if I start the, the talk, the presentation that I do for the board with this, with this two sentences, right? I have their attention. And then to tackle this feature, my suggestion is to do the following. But it is to have this bigger picture. And people who are successful have that end goal in mind where they want to go with a company, right? So then it becomes, you start, If now I worked, my whole career always, I work directly with founders and CEOs. Then you start to talk their language, right? And then it's my task to translate that goal and language to the people in my team right and 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 i really enjoy that because i see when my team members speak with people from the board they they yeah they speak a different language and then they get like uh yeah insecure like wow he asked me this this and this and this take it easy that's where we want to be mm-hmm. maybe six months but to get there in six months we need to do this now so Let's split it up in smaller parts, and then then we get there. So, yeah, might also help you to get more patient. Yeah, when you split it in, in smaller parts. Dream big, and do small. Yeah, like for example, now uh, Yuma with your company, you want to have, 
I don't know, you want to have a certain amount of uh, clients. Huh? Let's say you want to have 100 clients by the end of the year. If you tell this now to your team, they're like, ah, maybe we now have 10. I don't know. But like, uh, so that, that we need to grow 90. Okay. Well, that's heavy. But uh, we're now in March. We have another nine months. So instead of 90 now, we do every month 10 more clients and we already have 15. Then you get people on board, right? Yeah. And and, and that's, that's, I think, something that I really learned. And uh, also the last year to translate more from, from the top to, to, to the rest of the organization, you present it in a, in a way that people can actually take it. it have, yeah. I think that's the role of, of also of a manager. And then a manager should always ask like, Hey, how is your workload? We agreed on this, these type of projects for this quarter. Do you think it will happen? Yeah, Don, everything is on track. No, Dan, we need to prioritize. Okay, no problem. I think that's the role of a manager, you know, to, to, yeah, to help. make it actionable and, and realistic yeah. enough, but challenging enough as well at the same time. Yeah, and, and for example, when we, we, I had one job, it was also like seven, eight months, a job bird, uh, the company went bankrupt. So I also saw what you, uh, yeah, what you, how a company can go bankrupt and learn from these mistakes, right? I think it was super helpful and what i learned there is that you need to have a plan you need to have clear metrics that you're going to because if you don't have that you don't get the team on board you know uh, and also have patience because if you want to grow too fast then it's also like a risk right that that you won't do it and maybe you burn too much money so mm. Maybe as a departing message for this podcast episode, so what would be something practical the listeners could do today to improve themselves or to grow their career? Yeah, really, really good one. I like this question actually because in the in the weekly webinar I did with Virtual Gym, it's always we also ended like we close the laptop and what should you do? So uh, it's hard. I know it's hard to have an idea where you want to be. But you can also think like, hey, where do I want to be in two, three, four years or five years? What's the aspiring job I have? And am I doing the right things now to get there? For example, if you want to be an entrepreneur, start behaving as an entrepreneur in your job. Be patient and do something that that you love. But I still stay very general, not practical enough. Okay, very practical question. Look at a full day about how much time you consume on the different things. And then I, that's going to be work. That's going to be watching TV, food, sports. Do that for maybe one day, two days, three days, and then write it down. How many hours you spend on the different things you do. And then think if that matches who you want to be now and who you want to be in the future. And I actually had this conversation like two weeks ago with uh, someone. And uh, yeah, she was already happy when she would walk, do a walk for once a week. She said, how can you take a walk every day for an hour down? I'm like, then I gave the question against her. How many hours do you watch TV a day? Or you browse Instagram? So I think that's, uh, that's my final tip.
Awesome. Thank you very much, Dan, for sharing your story about career growth, but especially personal growth. I think uh, very inspiring uh, for the listeners. So um, thank you. We'll see each other soon. Thank you very much, Yuma. Thank you for listening in to the Happiness of Pursuit podcast. Until next time.